0: the archives for this piece of history on A Sweat Life, but I took my very first Shred 415 class early in the days of A Sweat Life, September 11, 2012 to be exact, and I wrote about it at length. I'm pretty sure I described every single movement we did in that class. Here are a few of my favorite takeaways. Quote, maybe it was me, but the last set on the benches had me counting the minutes until the end as the instructor threw in furbies. End quote. I can read the sneer through the lines, listener. I had just met burpees before I took Shred, and I did not like them. And another quote, the instructor had to work as hard as the class to keep it going, keeping time and calling out the changing exercises. He also had to adjust the TRX straps between sets. It didn't look easy, but he did a great job, end quote. And that's true, the instructors in Shred 415 classes have to do a lot of work to manage their classes, especially when they're full. This is Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and I've taken Tread 415 lots and lots of times since then and have done more burpees than I care to count. I've also had the chance to get to know Bonnie Michelli and Tracy Romer, the co-founders of Tread 415 over the years. I've come to know Bonnie and Tracy as eager collaborators who say yes to most things we've sent their way, and I've also come to look at them as mentors. I remember telling them about shutting down our sister tech company with a little catch in my throat. Both of them looked at me without hesitation and offered some form of we've been there and not everything works out, which was more reassuring than they could have known. On this episode, you'll hear a lot about the workout at Tread 415 and the business of running a franchise, but what's more inferred is the most important part about the pair, their relationship. It's clear that their bond keeps them connected as leaders, allowing them someone to celebrate with when things are good and someone to lean on when things aren't going as planned. This duo explains their origin stories on this week's episode of We Got Goals, but more than that, you'll hear them get real about what it takes to open a studio and scale it. You'll hear about the long days and the hard parts, like those first few months when they were hoping that they were onto something. You'll also hear about the good times, like seeing their big dreams come to life and taking their concept from corporate only to franchise. They're masters of bootstrapping, which they talk about, going from one studio to a second when they literally could not support another human in class. In the early days when there was no room for a marketing budget, they figured it out, leveraged the power of Facebook before we had all met and learned to loathe the algorithm. And even more importantly, they learned to leverage the power of the moms who loved the kids' room and were building friendships in the walls of Shred 415. They've also created, by the way, a workout that people love and gets you moving on treadmills and lifting weights on benches. As a workout, it has introduced so many people to strength training who maybe wouldn't have lifted heavy weights otherwise. You'll hear on this episode from and a Sweat Life ambassador, Kathy Mikondo, who shares why she's taken more than 100 Shred 415 classes. That's 100 We'll also talk about the pivots. I know we're all sick of that word, and that's okay, of the pandemic, too and you'll hear how they had to shift and change and what they're still learning. But most importantly, through all of that, they had each other, and you'll get a sense of that as well. Ready to get back into Shred 415 or try for the first time? Listeners in Chicagoland, Indianapolis, and St. Louis can redeem and use an offer in all of those studios. Get two free classes with a week to use them. All you have to do is email info at shred415.com. That's I-N-F-O at s-h-r-e-d the number four the number one the number five dot com here i am with bonnie michelli and tracy romer this is gina anderson cohen and i am here with bonnie michelli and tracy romer from shred 415 thank you so much for joining me thanks for having us I am so excited to have the both of you on the podcast. I'm going to try to do a very good job of saying your names before you speak so that you're able to differentiate listeners at home between who is speaking. I, in real life, know Bonnie as Bonnie Brunette and Tracy uh, <laughs> Brown, um, but at home, you'll have to go by voices. But let's start from your origin story. Bonnie, let's start with you. How did, how did you two meet?
1: Um, so Tracy and I were neighbors and we both moved into a new development and, um, we, you know, in the city, this is what you do. Your kids play in the alley. So as our kids would play in the alley, we would talk everything fitness. Um, and we met, it was about 16 years ago. Oh, Well, actually, Tracy needs to start with how we actually met. (laughs) Tracy, tell Uh, us.
2: Yes, it's actually a very funny um, story, but um, as Bonnie said, we moved into a new development. Um, There was only one Starbucks in our little neighborhood, and it happened to have been in the grocery store, so everyone would head over to the grocery store in the morning and get their Starbucks coffee. I was pregnant with my second child, and um, everyone was telling me I was having a boy, so I just assumed boy, so I was... uh, chatting up any mom who had a son in hand and Bonnie happened to be standing in front of me in the Starbucks line with her son in hand and he was really cute so I just started chatting up Bonnie and I really wanted to know what her son's name was because I was looking for boy names and so we started chatting and um I did not know she was my neighbor at the time, but her son's name is Fletcher. And I was like, wow, that's such an interesting name. I love it. It's cool. It's hip. He's cute. You're cute. So I went home (laughs) and I told my husband that I found the perfect name for our son and it was Fletcher. And he's like, Uh, yeah, no. (laughs) He's like, I've got 10 other names lined up, but he's like, that's a great name, but we're not naming our son Fletcher. And then I ended up walking out the front door um, as I got home and I saw Bonnie driving into our development. And I said, oh gosh, I cannot name my son Fletcher because (laughs) she's my neighbor. And that would be really weird if I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I ended up having a girl. I have three girls. um, And the funny part of the story is Bonnie will finish. So
1: then um, we're neighbors, our kids play in the Allie. Her second daughter's name is Sam. I get pregnant. Um, we're in the delivery room. I have a girl. Uh, it's between Sam and Annie. And we were like, oh, well, let's just name her Sam. I mean, it's not like we're going to live next to the Romers forever. And sure enough, we have Sam squared. So I stole her name and <laughs> now we're partners for the last gosh, 12 years now for life. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Okay, so Tracy, you had had a long history in in fitness before uh, all, of, all of this happened in Chicago, before your kids had the same name, before you lived in the same complex. You want to talk us through how you found fitness and how you ended up um, concocting the idea for Shred 415?
2: Sure. So I'm from Southern California, LA, and um, always loved working out. Um, even growing up, I was the girl that you know would turn on cable TV after school and do whatever cable you know fitness um, situation was happening on the channel. Taking my friends to the gym after school. I was the youngest in my class, so I never could drive until after you know until I got into my senior year. So I was always looking for rides to go to the gym. So I'd make my friends go with me. So I was that. that. That person had a love for nutrition. So my degrees in food science and nutrition, I thought I wanted to be a dietitian. So after college, I came home and started working in the hospital and quickly found out that I did not like working in the hospital setting. Um, I wanted to be out talking to people and having fun. And um, someone introduced me to Billy Blank's Tybo on Ventura Boulevard many, many, many years ago. And um, that's when the love um, for fitness happened for me. And um, so fell in love and just like said to myself, this is what I want to do. And so for there, I started getting jobs in fitness um, as much as I could and found my way to San Francisco and then got recruited to Chicago to work in fitness in Chicago.
0: So my career spans over 30 years now. Um you can't you can't, I mean, we can be whatever age we want as women. I hate that we're always like, you look so much younger, but like I you have no idea how old Bonnie and Tracy are. Um (laughs) that's so nice. um, so let's talk about it. Um, you you went from having all this knowledge, you two are um working working out together at this point.
2: We're neighbors. I'm working in the fitness industry. Bonnie just starts to teach and she invited me to one of her classes. And said, "Hey, I'm starting to teach. I would love your feedback. Come and take my class." And so I did, and she was a superstar. As (laughs) the minute she put that mic on, I was like, "Oh my god, you're a born natural to do this." Um, And then she can kind of fill in from what
0: happened after that.
1: Yeah, we just, you know, at the time it was 2010. There was a ton of bar yoga and Pilates, and there was nothing like treadmills and strength. Um, and so we put our heads together. We both wanted to open a studio. We didn't want to do it by ourselves. And we put our heads together and came up with Shred 415. Um, and it was quick. I mean, we decided to do this um, and we opened six months later.
0: Wow. So 2010, you're, you're sort of ready. Um, you put the plan together. Um, talk to us about that first location in Old Town. It was actually in Lincoln Park. Oh, oh my gosh. You know what? Yeah. My first location is in Old Town, <laughs> so my first location is always going to be there. But your first location in Lincoln Park. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, well, and actually, we both lived in Lincoln Park, so it was an easy five-minute drive. Um, so we opened in April 2011, and we were like, this is going to be the most amazing thing ever. We had a free weekend, our classes were packed, and then we opened up on Monday, and no one showed up to our (laughs) 6am. We had like one or two people. And so um, it took us about 30 days for word to to spread um, and for us to get out there. Um, We quickly did a guilt city, which also helped um, launch our attendance. I think one big thing that happened in the beginning is, um, you know, we had a kid's room because we had kids and wanted to have a place where our kids could go. And we had a mom who had three kids that was coming. And in the first 30 days, she had already lost 15 pounds. And we were like, oh, my God, Kathleen, you look amazing. And I think through that and through the Guild City we launched in May, it really were just started spreading that we were, you know, the hot new workout in town. Um, and again, there was nothing like us.
0: It's it's so interesting, too, that you bring up the kids room because it is still a, a huge differentiator among um, studio fitness in particular, we hear from ambassadors who have kids who are, or, or those who are just about to have kids or have just had kids, they'll ask each other. We see this question asked like all the time on the ambassador Slack channels, like, where do you go with kids? And the answer is always Tret.
1: Wow, oh, that's awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's fun to watch. And obviously you've always prioritized that for your members too, which is great. Um, okay. So you open the studio, people catch on finally, they're like, this is the hottest place to be. Finally, 30 days, classes are starting to get packed. When did you decide to open a second studio? Well,
2: classes didn't really start to get packed until six months. I mean, three months in, Bonnie and I are looking at each other thinking, oh my God, did we do the wrong thing? We don't have a plan B. How are we going to make this work? Um, So about six months in, that's when we started to see utilization rise. And um, we went from, you know, did we have 12
0: treadmills or
2: 10? We had yeah. A, yeah. We went from 12 treadmills. Then we added three more to 15. So we added more space in the room first and then we added more classes So we went from, you know, five to six classes a day to almost like 12 classes a day. So we increased utilization that way. And then at that point when we're like, we cannot add another treadmill or another deck and we can't add another class, we'd be teaching till midnight. Um, (laughs) It's time for the second space. Um, And we thought about it logistically that we wanted the space to be close enough that if we had a wait list at our Lincoln Park location, that our clients could actually just drive a mile to two miles down, you know, Clybourne and get to our old town location within the, within the 15 minutes. So if they came to Lincoln park, they couldn't get into the class. They could drive to old town and um, get a, get in a class there. And that, that worked for us. So that was like a year in that we started looking at
0: old town's location. Wow. And, and so in those early days, those first
1: like six months, were you teaching everything between the two of you or did you have other instructors? No, we knew from the beginning, we both had been in fitness. I just had taught taught at a boutique fitness studio for the year prior, and she'd been in fitness for so long that we knew we didn't want to be the superstars. We wanted to be great instructors, but we had a team from the get-go. We had four other instructors other than us, so we weren't teaching every class, um, and we made sure to constantly be recruiting, and really a huge part of what Shred is about and what organically happened is community, and part of that was that we lifted our instructors up so much and wanted them to be the best that they felt such a part of Shred that they then exuded that into our clients and what we called Shredders um, is what they became. And our clients then felt a huge part of Shred and our success as well, which was super cool.
0: And we'll talk about this um, later too, but a lot of those Star Instructors have now gone on to become franchisees too, which is a really fun um, sort of path growth path um but i don't i don't want to get too ahead of myself here <laughs> all right so we talked about a bit about like knowing when you were on to something from a business perspective you were literally out of capacity and out of time in studio 1 you opened studio 2 when did you know you were on to something from a community perspective when did you sort of see like that forming either on its own or with your help
1: I think when we opened Old Town um, and that quickly was really packed as well, um, we started the shredder of the month. We had a client that had lost so much weight and it was Sean Higgins who ended up working for us for about eight years. And we asked him at the time he was an attorney and how much weight he had lost. And we're like, we want to do a shredder of the month. Will you be our first one? Um, And I feel like that sort of, it was like, it was kind of forming around when the second studio opened and we had such a huge client group of clients. And
2: then we, um, because of the kids' room that uh, moms were connecting before and after class with their children. And um, there was something unique happening where these, these moms would become, you know, shred besties they'd call themselves because of the kids. And now the kids are having birthday parties and now the shred clients are going to the birthday parties. And then now they're going on vacation. And I think that was when we really knew that our community was on um, you know something special and organic and was growing because the moms and dads were coming together. It was no longer like high fiving in the you know the parking lot where the mom would go first and then the dad would come and then you know they would be passing the kids along. Um, that everyone was coming together and then also recognizing that the kids in the shred room in the kids shred room wanted to start shredding as well. So we started creating like shred kid classes as well for the kids to work out because they always wanted to come in and get on the treadmill and work out with their parents. So, oh, that's really cute.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: the total side note, but we hear we hear uh, sort of in the theme of that, that the kids in the kids room wanted to follow in their their parents footsteps. You both have children, um, some now in, in college. Um, have any of them expressed an interest to following your footsteps as business owners or in the in the health and wellness space?
2: Yeah, you know, our kids are working at the front desk and um, taking classes. And my daughter's express, she started working behind the front desk, my middle one. She's like, God, this is actually really hard. She's like, you and Bonnie started this? So I think for the first time, she's like, wow, our moms are pretty cool that they created all of this. Um, She's like, I don't know how you did all of this.
0: (laughs) really smart <laughs> i know right it was kind of
2: interesting and funny but um, my oldest daughter who's headed off to college she's definitely expressed
0: like oh maybe i can take this over and do this like, we'll talk about it <laughs> just show her the show succession and see how she feels then
1: <laughs> i know I know. Gosh, awesome. such a great show such a great show <laughs> I, know. I know um what about you bonnie oh, my- um, my kids, yeah, I think they're not old enough yet. My son is 16 and he's like really into like lifting weights and he doesn't take Shred, but he works front desk um, and enjoys working. And then my daughter's 14 and um, I make her take class with me, but I just, I think they're, it's not in their wheelhouse yet. It's, it's not like that cool that I started Shred, I think, as they grew up with it. I <laughs> hope that that comes later. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure it out one day. We're um, yeah, still
0: teenagers. Okay. Thanks for coming on that sidetrack with me. Um, <laughs> we, we kind of have, have touched a little bit on this. We talked about the studio of the month and highlighting clients, but let's think back to to 2010, 2011. Like, Facebook's pretty new as a, as a marketing stream. So is Guilt City. So are a lot of the the things you were doing. You were early innovators in, in marketing and you were pretty scrappy. So can you talk about um, how you sort of use these... N- I'm air quoting this for the listeners, like new and interesting um, channels to sort of get people in the studio and talk about it. It was very scrappy. (laughs) Um, I think back in 2010,
2: 2011, Facebook was more like Twitter. It'd just be, you know, you would write a sentence like, we're open, come in. (laughs) Or studio, we added another class and there wasn't a lot of engagement or photos um, being added to Facebook. So yeah, it was really scrappy. But that's kind of how we started marketing. We did not have a budget to market or pay for, there was really no digital ad space at that time. Anyway, but we also didn't have a lot of money to make postcards or to do direct mail. So everything that we did was, you know, um, guerrilla marketing and you know on our feet walking around to different businesses. So we definitely use Facebook um, as a way to draw attention and just let people know that we were open. Honestly, we're like, we're open. Um, <laughs> we've added a class. Um, yeah, new guess just showed up. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. And, and then slowly it started turning into more pictures and like, we're doing a live DJ class. Look how much fun we're having tagging people and then them sharing. And so it was like, as Facebook evolved, so did we. And then as soon as Instagram came in the picture, we jumped on that and started doing that. And and so we've we've really had a marketing team or someone in charge of marketing since we started expanding our corporate team in 2014. Awesome.
0: Okay, that's, that's actually a good jumping off point. I, I want to talk a bit about the team today and Shred 415 today. We've talked a lot about the beginning um, and we've, we've made you out to look like a mom and pop shop, which you are not. You are <laughs> a gigantic team, a gigantic studio brand. So talk to me a bit, a bit about that.
1: Um, yeah. In 2014, we added on a bunch to our corporate team. My husband came on to work for us in like an operations role. Jen Wilkins, who had worked our front desk, assistant manager, manager, and now she still works for us and um, pretty much is... Uh, head of operations like above and beyond. Um, in COVID, my husband went back to being an attorney and has left Shred. Um, and our team grew a lot. We had two two heads of training um, back in the day. We had a marketing team of three. Um, and I think once COVID hit, and we have head of retail, Emma, who's been with us for um, five years now, which is amazing. Um, but then once COVID hit, I mean, to be you know totally honest, our team dwindled a lot. Um, we had to dwindle it. And then you know, and the after effects of the pandemic and people switching jobs. And um, so right now we have a small but mighty team and there's seven of us. Um, and everyone who's on our team has been with us for a long time. And it's pretty incredible to to feel the loyalty and the love from from our team.
0: Yeah. And it, and it has to feel pretty good. I mean, growing a team and then um, having to go through something like, like a COVID, like a pandemic, like losing staff, like, it, that, although it is challenging, it brings you really close as a team. Um, how have you sort of seen the the culture shift over that time?
2: Um, well, like you said, I think that, um, you know, one of the amazing things about the pandemic, because there's always something good that comes out of something, you know, horrible, but as that you realizing, you know, the importance of connection um, and bringing our team together and connecting that way. So the shift is, you know, really We have to, you know, hunker down and we have to do the things we need to do to get through day to day. And so sometimes that requires us to be, you know, shifting our hats, you know, and doing something that we haven't done in a while, Um, whether it's us going down to the front desk and working the front desk or helping out in the studios or, you know, rolling up our sleeves and, you know, working on training. I mean, we're all doing all the things just to get through the days. So the culture shifted that way. But again, at the end, you know, the, the core of us are all still there.
0: And now let's take a break with Athletic Greens. Listener, I have a confession. I have a cupboard full of vitamins that I never take. I buy all of the Bs and the Cs and the Ds that I need for whatever goals I'm going after, and then they just sit there inching closer and closer to their expiration date. So this year, I started adding AG1 to my morning routine, stacking it on top of my coffee habit. I drink my AG1 while my French press steeps, and by the time it's done, I've taken 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens, And i've gotten my husband into ag1 too i honestly think he only gets up in the morning because he hears me shaking his ag1 we both like the taste and the texture is great honestly way better than i expected from drinking vitamins and here's why we love it in just one scoop of ag1 you're absorbing a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging so basically all of the things and if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I love a good founder story. And AG1 was started from a unique pain point. Its founder was in a health bread and put on a very complicated vitamin and supplement regimen that was costing upwards of $100 a day. So he decided to solve his own problem and work with experts to create AG1, which contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And the kicker is that it costs you less than $3 a day, which is less than my current iced Americano habit if you're keeping track and way cheaper than all of those pills I keep not taking. So if you're looking for a way to make supplements more a part of your routine, I know I could never make pills stick. AG1 works for me. It's just one scoop in a cup of water each day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash a sweat life. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash A-S-W-E-A-T-L-I-F-E to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So we've talked a lot about culture. We've talked a lot about your growth and the trajectory. I want to talk a bit about franchising. Um, It's a big job um, to go from a corporate studio and chain of studios to a franchisor. Um, What made you make that decision, and what was that like for you?
1: You know, it was in 2017. Um, As I said, we had a pretty big corporate team at the time. There's probably 12 or 13 of us, and We wanted more for our employees that worked for us. They wanted growth opportunities. Um, And at the time, you know, it was getting expensive to continue. We were bootstrapped. It was getting expensive to continue to open these studios ourselves. And franchising was really coming into play. Orange Theory was then getting so big. um, And we felt like we were a better product than Orange Theory and could expand in what we were doing. So... Um we ended up partnering with a business had, that had reached out to us to launch our franchise company and it happened really quick. Um we launched in about 6 months. We had the idea they reached out to us in January of 2017 and we had launched um that summer. And because so we at that time so many people that were shredding with us or had shredded with us cuz it had been 6 years. Um there were so many people that wanted to open up a Shred 415 studio cuz they had moved um so our first Discovery Day, I mean, the amount of people, I think we had 40 people that were there um, wanting to open their own studio. So the, the outpouring of, of people interested was absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah. And, and for listeners at home who might not be familiar with the franchising process or what a Discovery Day is, um, that's generally where you go when you learn more about what it takes to open a studio, how to run it, and the support you get, right? Correct. Yes. Awesome. I think discovery day is just a generally like more pleasant name for a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So so now you're your franchise wars um and all of that 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 entails. Um how many studios are open today?
1: We have um 18 franchise locations open and we have seven of our corporate studios open. That's awesome.
0: That's that's huge. That's your I mean your nationwide
1: Yes, yes, we are nationwide, all the way from Virginia, all the way to Colorado.
0: When you opened your first Shred 415 in Lincoln Park, did you did you dream of this? Was this always, and be honest, was this always a big, ha- big, like, beehive, or did this kind of evolve as you evolved? It evolved. I mean, we definitely
2: dreamt of opening more than one i mean there was probably five in our in our business plan but never did we think we were going to be franchise that was not part of the master plan that evolved
0: <laughs> yeah and being a franchise or is hard too so i think um 2011 Bonnie and Tracy maybe were like we'll take what we can handle one day at a time
1: Correct. yeah definitely <laughs> and i think that you know, franchising also got a lot harder when you enter COVID. So I think the pandemic too is a tough spin on just our business in general, but it's really, it feels really good to be coming out of that today. Yes. Yes.
0: And, and let's, let's shine some, you know, some sunshine on the bright spots in um, your trajectory too. You've achieved a ton um, over the years. I think uh, one that comes to mind is Ernst & Young Entrepreneurs of the Year. Do you want to talk about kind of what it's been like to unlock that achievement and others?
1: Yeah, that was pretty amazing. We were up for the award in 2014 and we didn't get it. Um, And so we couldn't believe that when we were up for it again in 2015 that we did get it. Um, And it was such an incredible, incredible thing to be acknowledged in that way. Um, When we went up, Once they took everyone that had won that night it was Tracy and I in a sea of men. And I thought that was so interesting. We were in the center and there was all these men surrounding us. And I even had a guy next to me. This was before me too, but he was like in my ear, like, look at you hotties, like all of a sudden, Uh, (laughs) I swear. Like it was like, you're straight out of like the 1950s corporate, you know, America. So I felt like that was even something more that felt more amazing that we were like, wow, we're women leaders and we're being recognized for this.
0: Honestly, if you had just said, Bonnie, that he said like, come on up, Humana, I would have been like, yeah, you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um Tr- Tracy, any anything uh that you want to reflect on over that time or, or those achievements? It was, um, as Bonnie said, I mean, it was um it was
2: really an exciting period of Our career um, to be recognized that way. Uh, Again, these are not things that you think about when you open up a fitness studio. It's not like you're thinking I'm going to become entrepreneur of the year. And, you know, and honestly, like when we won, you know, we still think I don't really consider myself an entrepreneur, right? I just do what I love. And I guess that means you're an entrepreneur. We do what we love every day. And it it happened to have worked out for us and turned into an incredible business. And so then to be recognized on stage, you know, for the Midwest Entrepreneur of the Year. It was, it was really um impressive to us to be up there. And the doors that have opened because of that and the people that we have met um, and the relationships that we have created have um, been so wonderful. And it's something that, you know, we'll take with us forever.
0: And now let's take a break to hear from one of the Spot Life ambassadors who loves Shred 415.
3: All right, my name is Kathy Makondo, and I'm a Sweat Life ambassador. And I have attended 183 classes at Shred 415.
0: Kathy, that's incredible. Can you tell us why you keep coming back?
3: You know what? I love the HIT workouts. Um, I would say I got introduced to HIT from Barry's, right? I used to work, I used to live in live and work in San Francisco, and I started going to Barry's, and I liked it. But when I moved back to Chicago, I found Shred 415, and I just feel like it feels like your neighborhood gym but or fitness studio but better it's like you know i feel like a lot of these other gyms nobody knows your name nobody you know you don't see people that you know it's just a very clinical it, it feels like a gym you know you go to the gym and you 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 just see maybe a few people but you don't know anybody right and even if like i've, I've started going to um shred 415 in old town and i don't really know any people but it still has the same vibe i've been to i, used, I think the majority of my classes were at Shred 415 in South Blue Creek, which has since closed, and I feel like everybody knew me there. But now I'm going to Old Town, even though I'm just a new face. I still feel that same like neighborhood fitness studio vibe. Um, I love the workouts. I love that hit. Um, I love the the running. <laughs> even though I will say, every time I sh- I schedule a Shred 415 class, I have this pit of dread during because I'm like, I don't want to run fast. I don't want to run fast at all. But I will say out of all the hit workouts that I've done, it's that, that running component gives me the best workout. Sometimes I am tired. And I, I recently took a class for the first time with um, Bonnie, who's one of the owners. Oh my gosh, I was like, she almost killed me, but in the best possible way. With a smile, right? Oh, she was oh, super sweet. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are good. And you know, it was like, you know how you're doing a workout? You're like, this is not so bad. She kind of snuck it on me where I was like, she really worked this out, like drenching, but like in the, in the sweetest way with the smile, like really enthusiastic, like, you know, everybody has their own persona. She's definitely not like a drill sergeant, just sweetest, sweetest person killing you softly.
0: <laughs> so if you were to give someone advice going to their very first Shred 415 class, what would it be?
3: Um, Go at your own pace, right? Because they do start you off with numbers and say, oh, you know, start running at like a six, but if you're, uh, if you've never ran before, maybe you're going to walk. So just go at your own pace and you will, I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll progress because so I used to go all the time. I used to go at least once a week before the pandemic. And I used to have like, you know, um, I forget what, I forget what their, their, um, their pace is there. It's not based. Ending warm up pace. pace? Yeah, they're, yes. Um, I remember when I used to work out prior to the pandemic, my ending warm-up pace was almost like seven, was almost close, very close to 7.0, right? So now I'm back and I'm closer to like 6.2 <laughs> as my ending warm-up pace, right? And it's just one of those things where I have to tell myself, like, it's been two years. So don't don't be like, I'm not at 7.0, I'm I'm like running at six, and that's okay. So I, I know I'm gonna progress because I it took me a while to get up to that 7.0 ending warm-up pace.
0: Be gentle. I love that, Kathy. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. And we're back. We've talked a lot about achievements. We've talked a lot about growth. I think one achievement we've been alluding to, but haven't really talked about, because honestly, it sounds gross when you bring it up. is just surviving the pandemic. That is an achievement. Um, Let's talk about what got you through it and what you're taking back to business as usual. Let's start with what got you through it.
2: I think, um, you know, my motto right now is just, you know, one minute, one hour, one day at a time. You just have to keep talking to yourself every day to get yourself through it. And um, we were, we really just tried to be as innovative as possible. And again, like I said, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. And so there's the good things that have come out of this is that we were able, and I, this word is overused, but pivot so many times, right. Where, Um, two weeks into the pandemic, we recognized that we need to have an on-demand presence. So we quickly figured out how to create an on-demand presence, which we'd never had before. Um, So that was, you know, a great thing that came out of this. Um, So we did that. We started our Zoom um, live classes and had all of our clients, you know, logging in and working out with us uh, via Zoom, which really was helpful. I mean, that's honestly what got us through. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you just just try and try you fail you try you fail you tweak you try mm-hmm. and then soon or later those small wins group together become big wins and you know you just keep on going and you cannot stop i mean we were we were there every day you know trying to support our staff and trying to support our clients and you know when we got shut down and we had to go to uh, no, no instructor could be in our <laughs> class, in our studio. So we literally were upstairs in our corporate office filming as our clients were in class. So they would log so in, they had their AirPods in and they would be listening to us as we were upstairs. Cause for whatever reason, they told us we couldn't have an instructor in class. I know it was ridiculous. It was silly.
0: I think a lot of the the rules and regulations, like we were all kind of going along with it and trying to learn together. But some of them now we look back and we're like, if only we knew then what we know now. (laughs) I know. I know. There were at points where, you know, we're just like, screw it. We're just
1: (laughs) we're done. Like we just have to, you know, just for our mental health,
2: we have to we have
1: to have people in our studios. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like also, um, you know, I feel like our team mm-hmm. and the people, like, uh, we will never forget the people that we were down there, you know, figuring out these zooms with and, um, our team that stuck with us and our shredders that stuck with mm-hmm. us that would say like, you have no idea how much you are helping me get through this time. And so it was that at each day, like Tracy said, that would be like, okay, we got this. We can do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so much more than a workout, which is what I think you kind of come to find out um, when you have culture, like when you have culture, when you have community, you realize pretty quickly, like the workouts, the vehicle to get people to you, but the ties that bind are what keep them there. Right. Definitely. Yeah.
2: And I think that our clients more importantly recognize, I mean, just people in general, the importance of connection and human connection. Um, and you know, what better than fitness and exercise to connect people together and get you through, you know,
0: these trying times. So, Ah, uh, these trying times, um, <laughs> uh, and what are you, what are you taking back to business? Let's, let's assume like nothing's ever going to happen again and it's over. Uh, what are you taking back to business as usual from those trying times?
1: You know, I think something that we were forced to do was lean out our staff um, because we couldn't afford to have a lot of staff. And I think we learned something in that. Um, But it's it's interesting because the landscape has just changed, like the type of people that have come back or have not come back and sort of your clientele is shifting. And it's really, it's really, I think we're still learning and understanding what what we're going to take with us and how we're going to evolve now with this post pandemic world. Although we are thrilled it is, we are not in a mask right now. So
2: yeah. What about you, Tracy? Well, I think, again, I just recognize that, you know, people want to be with people and people work out harder when they're with people. I mean, I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, I did more glute bridges than I <laughs> care to share because I would just not want to do the burpees and no one was watching me. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just do a glute bridge and sip on my coffee. Um, and people say that as they come back, it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot how hard working out is with other people because you're motivated by the people next to you, um, you're motivated motivated by the instructor, you're motivated to stay with it where you probably wouldn't do that at home as much. Um, so I think just, you know, business as usual is for us getting people back in the door and, you know, feel their Heart beating and blood pumping through their veins, and how amazing it is to just move your body and you know exercise and not only exercise your body but also exercise your mind. So, I think that that will carry us through um, as we go back to business as usual.
0: I totally agree. I honestly, I really, really, really identify with what you said about sipping your coffee and doing blue bridge. Like, I honestly thought I'd never do a burpee again. Um, <laughs> I've been back back in in studio and and I have done many burpees because it's <laughs> a different environment to be the one that's like crossing your arms and not doing the exercise when everyone okay. else is there. I, I'll take My, that kind of
1: peer I, pressure, I, pressure though. I so am. So am <laughs> I.
0: All right, so as as we kind of um, wrap up, let's tell our listeners what to expect if they've never been to a shred four hundred and fifteen before. Like, what advice would you give them um, if they're walking
1: in the door, saying hello, and about
0: to check in for their very first class?
1: You know, go at your own pace and modify as you need. Um, you know, Tracy and I have been shredding now for almost twelve years, and there's a reason why. Um, as we've aged, that we're still able to take class. Um, you can walk, jog, you pick your own weights. Um, it's treadmills and strength. And um yeah.
2: Yeah. And just to take it back to the beginning, shred 415 is shred um strength and tread, and then four 15-minute intervals. So a typical shred four fifteen class, if we were starting on day 1 would be 4 15 minute intervals where half the class starts on the treadmills and half starts on the floor for with your deck and then 15 minutes in you would switch and you do that four times um so that's really what to expect um within the first few minutes on the treadmill like Bonnie said walk jog run we get you through a warm-up and we get you to a pace called your ending warm-up pace, which is a pace that you would hold for about 10 to 15 minutes. And for everybody, that pace is different, but that's the foundation of our class and that's what you build off of. So the instructor will increase your speed, decrease your speed, and then also increase your incline and decrease your incline. And on the floor, um, we have all of your weights underneath your deck. So you get to choose your weight. Um, you can you know go up heavier or go down lighter if you need to. And then the instructor will cue you through all of your movements
0: um to get you through that 15 minute segment on the floor it's like a party too music's blasting you have um a dark dark room but you can still see um an instructor who's there um to cheer you on i i will say that i can tell a lot about like my how recovered I am for the day versus how tired I am for the day based on my ending warm up pace. Yes. I love that. Yeah, there, there's some. For example, sweat working week, we had a class at tread four fifteen. It was on Thursday, so we'd been four days in of lots of action, <laughs> and my ending warm up pace was much
1: lower than than normal. And I was like, "That's
0: fine. That's where I am today."
1: That's true. That's right. true.
2: And sometimes your ending warm up pace changes. By the second half of class, right? right? Sometimes you're in there, you're like, oh, you're just trying to get through your workout. And then by the second half of class, you're like, you got your mojo. You're like, oh, I got this. Now I'm going to increase my ending up pace because I'm completely warmed up. I'm into it. I feel great. So I always say that it can change day by
0: day and it can change hour by hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a watermark. You can move it. Um, yeah. So I'll throw, I'll throw one more um, question at you because I know there are a lot of folks in the fitness industry who are listening. Let's say you and your, your best friend or your new neighbor are thinking about starting your own fitness studio. Um, what advice would you give to that person who's just getting started maybe with their own fitness business? Oh gosh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great question. You know, I think when we opened, you know, Bonnie and I, as she said, we bootstrapped it. And, um, back in the day, you know, 12 years ago, like, all the, all the fluff didn't really matter. It was literally, we opened with four walls. I think I bought the desk like on Amazon, you know, we painted, we brought in apparel Um, and it's really all that matters. It's really the fitness concept, the product and the, in uh, the community that really matters. All the other things that we think we need to have to make that studio special doesn't really matter. Um, it needs to be nice. It needs to be clean. Um, you need to have those things, but like, don't spend all your money on the peripheral stuff, focus on your product, focus on your community and let the other things happen, you know, organically. So don't go thinking that you have to have all of these things to make your studio the best.
1: I love that. Bonnie, anything? Yeah, I agree. I was just thinking like, don't get subway tile in the bathroom. Like just, <laughs> how, it was bare bones when we opened. I right. totally agree with Tracy. Know, and, and that's how we were successful so quickly. Focus on Believe the product.
0: It. I love that. Focus on the product, focus on the community. And you know, like go at your own pace if you're just starting out a tread. Bonnie, Tracy, thank <laughs> you so much for joining me. Yes, thank, thank you. you. It's so great fun. to see you. This has been another episode of We Got Goals, another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to Bonnie Michelli and Tracy Romer for joining me. And remember, you can get two free Shred 415 classes to use in a week in Chicagoland, Indianapolis, and St. Louis. Just email info at shred415.com to redeem. That's I-N-F-O at S-H-R-E-D, the number four, the number one, the number five.com to redeem. Another big thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, Brand Byer-Yuga for video production, and to you, our listeners, for subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.